are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario, and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl, Janan, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA, and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting, and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game and of course where they are now so what is happening everybody what is good with y'all i'm personally really really happy and um stress-free right now because about half an hour ago actually i handed in my very last exam of the summer, my final exam, it's over. It's, uh, I don't have to think about it anymore. So I'm just so happy about that. And honestly, I'm so relieved. And <laughs> I'm not stressed at all anymore. Although if you asked me 24 hours ago, I was freaking out. But right now, who cares? It doesn't matter because right now I'm here with you guys. And it always brightens up my day whenever I'm in the studio with you guys, breaking down some juicy, juicy fights. And today is no exception because this upcoming weekend, if you are caught up with your um, MMA um, calendar, actually, you should probably know that we have a very exciting and important fight card happening this upcoming Saturday in California, in Anaheim, California. And you guess it right, we are talking about UFC 241. And this whole fight fight card has been talked about for so many months. And the fact that it's finally here is actually unbelievable because we are going to be having the, the headliner bout uh, being a heavyweight championship bout. Finally, after about a year of absence, the current heavyweight champion at the UFC, Daniel Cormier, will be finally defending his belt for the first time, actually, against the former heavyweight champion at the UFC, the guy who he defeated in the first place and got the heavyweight championship belt for himself. Now he is back with him in a rematch trying to defend his belt. And we're just trying to see what happens, honestly, because that's how exciting this fight is going to be. We have two titans, absolute absolute titans, trying to go at it once again in this rematch. So the current heavyweight champion, Daniel Cormier, will be defending his title against Stipe Miocic. And man, that's just the main event of the evening. And um, that is not the only exciting bout that is happening on this UFC 241 fight card because, um, first of all, let's talk about the co-main event of the evening, which is, oh my goodness. So in case you didn't know by now, uh, Nate Diaz, the notorious Nate Diaz, the guy who fought the notorious Conor McGregor twice over the past few years and made a name of himself and a guy who was so um so loved by the fans even before that um conor mcgregor uh, two fights he is finally back after so many years of absence and he is going to be fighting off against the former lightweight champion of the ufc who other than anthony pettis so Anthony Pettis and Nate Diaz are going to be going at it in a welterweight bout for the co-main event of UFC 241. And yes, so uh, we'll be thoroughly breaking down these two fights for you guys. And also, 
Another fight that I really, really want to point out to is the third last fight of the evening, which is supposed to be a fight, a middleweight bout between Yoel Romero, a guy who had challenged the middleweight champion at the UFC. Who else other than Robert Whitaker? He's challenged him twice, I believe. And not only that, but he's been a top contender for many, many years in the middleweight division at the UFC. So Yoel Romero will be coming back also after, I believe, it hasn't been years of absence, but I, I, I can safely say that he's been absent from the fight scene for about at least a few months, about six or nine months. But he'll be fighting off against... <laughs> A very dangerous opponent, actually. Who other than Paulo Costa? Wow. Uh, this fight is going to be really, really exciting as well. And depending on how much time we're going to have for today, we're also going to be breaking down this bout between Yoel Romero and Paulo Costa. So UFC 241 is going to be lit. Yes, you guessed it right. And so, yes, uh, we're going to be talking about those fights today. And also, I have a few fight announcements for you guys. Um, it's actually about boxing. And I also have another thing to talk about. It's like this topic that's been um, going around in the in the uh, mixed martial arts community and something that has been controversial. People have been talking about it for, for a few weeks now. So, if, again, if we have time, we'll be talking about that as well. But before we get into our fight breakdowns, I really want to get started with that uh, fight update and fight announcement that I want to talk about. Okay, so now without further ado, let's get started. Okay, here we go. So the first thing I want to talk about today on the show is that, okay, drum roll please, because... Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz Jr., uh, who are titans and uh, two superstars, I should say, in the world of heavyweight boxing right now, they are going to be having a rematch against one another. And uh, before I get into what the news is about that, in case you don't know any of these guys, I'm just going to give you a brief background. So if you recall, a few months back, guys, um, Anthony Joshua was the, uh, oh, yeah, I guess I should say former heavyweight champion in boxing because he was the title holder for the IBF, IBO, WBA, and WBO heavyweight championship of the world. So he was the champion for all of those organizations. So what, what really had happened was he was supposed to be fighting off this other guy. Who, and I don't want to get into too much detail because I'm scared that I'm going to get off track with that. So I'm just going to keep it that way. So Anthony Joshua... The champion at the time, he was supposed to be fighting off against this other guy. But then that other guy, he tested positive for a banned substance and um, his boxing license was revoked. And so as a result, on short notice, Andy Ruiz Jr. was called to this fight against Anthony Joshua. And he, I believe he took that fight in, on a 20-day um, short notice. So that's actually pretty impressive because what actually happened in the uh, in the actual fight was that Andy Ruiz Jr. came into the fight. The two were fighting, and I feel like Anthony Joshua almost underestimated his opponent, Andy Ruiz Jr. So he was just taking the fight really lightly and uh, almost fighting Andy Ruiz Jr. as if he was just in a random sparring session with them, which was a very, very bad idea because what had happened was... 
So Andy Ruiz Jr. got knocked down in that fight first, and Andy Ruiz Jr. got back up and threw deadly, deadly shots towards Anthony Joshua. And Anthony Joshua wasn't really expecting Andy Ruiz Jr. to come back with that amount of power and speed and just scale overall. And so he was definitely caught off guard. And what happened was he lost that fight through a TKO. And Andrew Ruiz Jr. defeated Anthony Joshua for the first time, meaning that Anthony Joshua was undefeated prior to that. And with that defeat being um, served to him, um, Anthony Joshua had suffered his very first professional loss in his uh, boxing career. And now, as of right now, present day, Andy Ruiz Jr. is the IBF, IBO, WBA, WBO heavyweight champion of the world. So yes, Joshua isn't the champion anymore. Andy Ruiz Jr. is. But what I wanted to tell you guys today is that Andy Ruiz Jr. and Anthony Joshua are supposed to be fighting off again in a rematch. But what is interesting is the potential... uh, not the potential, actually. It is the legitimate location of this rematch. It has been confirmed, and it is the official location of this rematch because this rematch is supposed to be happening in the Middle East, in Saudi Arabia. And I know I was as shocked as you guys when I heard the news because when Anthony Joshua lost to Andy Ruiz Jr., everybody was thinking that either the rematch was going to be happening in the U.K., where Anthony Joshua is from, or it was just going to be happening in Mexico uh, because that's where Andy Ruiz Jr. is from. And it will make sense, um, you know, either way, because one way or another, uh, the the whole country would be rooting for that person, for that one side of the party, um, uh, you know, uh, versus just this random country in the Middle East uh, where... There wouldn't be a lot of fans like specifically rooting for a specific person, if that makes sense. So for the rematch specifically, I was actually personally leaning towards having it in the UK, especially because Anthony Joshua had lost that first fight. And um, it would make sense to have things, you know, sort of be on his term, especially because he was the champion in the first place. And now he was uh, sort of challenging Andy Ruiz Jr. for that rematch. So... Yes, you would have guessed that it was going to be at least in the UK, but no, it's happening in Saudi Arabia. And this is really shocking because it doesn't really make any sense. And Andy Ruiz Jr., actually, he is as shocked as we are right now because he recently broke his silence regarding this news and said that he's not satisfied with the fact that the fight is supposed to be happening in Saudi Arabia and that he would prefer it to be either in the U.S. or in Mexico, like I mentioned before. But when you think about it, it does make sense in one aspect, and that is the fact that uh, on even if you go on social media, uh, if you scroll through Anthony Joshua's social media uh, posts and pages, you will see that he goes to the Middle East a lot. And so it would make sense that Anthony Joshua would have more fans in the Middle East than Andy Ruiz Jr. would. So in this case, because of the fact that 
Anthony Joshua's promotion company is going to be promoting and marketing this whole rematch, then they would obviously want their fighter to be fighting in a, in a country where most of the best are going to be placed on him. So in that regard, then I would say it sort of does make sense that the fight is happening in the Middle East. Although I've never really seen Anthony Joshua go to Saudi Arabia, I've, I've only seen him go to the UAE. But again, it is what it is. And um, I'm sure a lot of people are still going to pay and go see this fight between Andy Ruiz Jr. and uh, Anthony Joshua. Regardless, it's still going to be a very, very exciting fight. A lot of uh, uh, professional fighters are saying that the same result is going to happen in this rematch because the way Andy Ruiz Jr. performed in that first fight was just so surprising. And when you think about it, unless Anthony Joshua works on his weaknesses, and that is the fact that he... He tries to stay away from Andy Ruiz's range and tries to box with him from the outside, not let Andy Ruiz Jr. get close to him. Then that would be one of the main ways that he can potentially win this fight. But if not, then the I would predict that the same thing is going to happen the second time as well. And also another thing to point out is that if you go on and uh, excuse me, Anthony Joshua's social media. If you compare a picture of him right now versus a picture of him prior to that Andrew Ruiz fight, you will recognize actually, which this is really interesting. You will recognize that Anthony Joshua has lost so much weight since that fight uh, against Andrew Ruiz and versus right now. So what, what does that actually tell you? That tells you that Anthony Joshua is working so much on his cardio. He thinks that he gassed out in that fight against Andy Ruiz Jr. So that is what he's trying to work on. But let me ask you this. Is that going to help him? No. Because I just told you. <laughs> I just told you he needs to work on his strategy. On his... Uh, it's all about his strategy because he has the power. And if he does too much cardio and works on his stamina only as a heavyweight, then that is going to decrease the amount of power that is going to deliver on fight nights. And that is not good, my friends. I hope Anthony Joshua actually realizes this. And before that rematch, he fixes this because this is not good at all. As a heavyweight fighter, you're supposed to be maintaining your weight, if not put on more weight to, to get sort of bulky and to increase the amount of power that you tend to deliver in your fights. But right now, Anthony Joshua is doing the exact opposite. And I don't think this is the right strategy for him to win this rematch against Anthony, excuse me, Andy Ruiz Jr. So I hope he goes back and honestly just watches the tape again of their first fight and works on his weaknesses. That is all that he has to do. He had no problem with cardio in the first place. And he doesn't really need to work on his cardio. He just needs to be more efficient in his fights and also use his common sense when you are fighting a shorter guy. A guy that uh, definitely has more weight 
uh, weight on than you, then you have to use your own advantages, which is the fact that you're the taller guy. So you need to maintain your range with your shorter opponent and just try to box with them from the outside. That's all you need to work on. And I hope Anthony Joshua finally comes to this realization and actually does that for this rematch against Andy Ruiz Jr. So that is what I wanted to talk about with regards to that. Um, there's another thing that I want to point out to before we get into the breakdowns. And that is um, a controversial topic that has been talked about for a few weeks now. So I'm not sure if you guys have watched Quentin Tarantino's new movie called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I haven't watched the movie myself either, but uh, I've read the reviews and um, read some of the articles that have been published about some of the specific scenes that have been um, in this movie. And no spoilers, but uh, in case you didn't know by now, because the, the movie happens in in the past and uh, I think it happens in the late 60s and uh, there's apparently there's a scene uh, between the movie's main characters and uh, Bruce Lee this guy that is portrayed to be Bruce Lee like Bruce Lee in real life but in, uh, at that time when he was still um, on the rise to be a um, superstar a martial arts superstar so apparently in the movie uh, there is a fight scene between Bruce Lee and his stuntman. And Bruce Lee apparently loses this fight in a very, very scolding um, and embarrassing manner. And a lot of things and a lot of evidence has come out saying that in reality, not saying that this didn't really happen in reality, but it didn't happen to this extent. And the person that has come out to, to clarify things for us is that very um, person who was in that fight uh, in real life with Bruce Lee. And that is the stuntman. And um, his name is Gene LaBelle. If you, knew, if you know your judo and um, your judo legends, Gene LaBelle is a judo legend, actually. He has been a judo pioneer in the United States. Um, I believe he even coached Ronda Rousey when she was on a rise in her um, judo career. So Jean LaBelle, one of the most respectable figures in the whole combat sports community and the whole judo community. So this person was Jean LaBelle. Jean LaBelle was, um, you know, shooting a movie and sort of training slash training with Bruce Lee. And according to Jean LaBelle, what had happened was uh, he will obviously both of these guys have a strong background in martial arts. Obviously, Bruce Lee's background is in um, Kung Fu and um, traditional striking martial arts, while Gene LaBelle, obviously, his specialization is in judo and grappling. And so on a movie on a movie set, when the two were sort of um, practicing with the, with each other and just going through the moves, uh, Jean LaBelle uh, does a practices a grappling move and a hip throw um, on Bruce Lee and uh, Bruce Lee. It, like this is a very friendly exchange it's nothing like how it has been set in the movie in Tarantino's movie so Jean LaBelle had said that he attempted that grappling move on Bruce Lee and that was when Bruce Lee realized that 
Kung Fu and striking only isn't the most effective way of doing martial arts. And at the time, he was working on his uh, new style of martial arts, which we've talked about on the show before. It's called Jeet Kune Do. And um, it's, uh, it's, I would say it's the grandfather of um, the modern day mixed martial arts because Bruce Lee was trying to modify all the available um, moves and techniques in all sorts of martial arts and was trying to make it all into one efficient and practical form of martial art and that was Jeet Kune Do and when he saw what uh, Jean LaBelle was um, doing to him and how, how efficient and effective those grappling and judo moves were Bruce Lee decided to also incorporate that into Jeet Kune Do. So not only did he want to have striking in Jeet Kune Do, but he also realized that it's really important to have um, elements of grappling and um, and um, judo and hip throws and um, you know what have you elements of um, those type of things like um, submission uh, submission positions and things that use your opponent's momentum to to throw them away, throw them off guard and uh, uh, things like that. So that was when Bruce Lee realized that he needed to incorporate uh, grappling into Jeet Kune Do. And that was the end of it. And there were no embarrassing fight scenes and um, nothing to the extent of how things were portrayed on uh, Quentin Tarantino's movie. So I just want to clarify for you guys out there. And I know this is a this has been a pretty controversial topic, but I hope this clears things up a bit. And yeah, yeah, that's all. Uh, this is uh, what the main guy said himself. That's what Jean LaBelle has said online. And uh, uh, yes, uh, there has been nothing but respect between these two guys. And um, it's been great. So yeah, that's all I have to say about that. And now finally, we can get into our breakdowns. Yes. So UFC 241 happening in Anaheim, California. Man, like I said before, this fight, this whole fight card has been looked forward to for the longest time. It's been talked about for months and months, and finally it is upon us. Okay, so like I said, the main event is going to be a heavyweight championship bout between Daniel Cormier and Stipe Miocic. So DC, Daniel Cormier, he uh, he defeated Stipe Miocic when he got the championship title for himself, the heavyweight championship title for himself. So Stephen Miocic is indeed the former heavyweight champion. But the interesting thing is the two only fought each other last summer and they haven't really had another fight ever since the fight that they had against each other. So this will be the second fight in such a long time for both of these guys. And it's going to be interesting to see whether or not Daily Cormier is able to defend that that belt for himself or whether or not Stephen Miocic is going to come back and get the title for himself once again and regain the title for himself rather. So either way, it's going to be really exciting. The narrative is going to be exciting either way, uh, regardless of who you are going to be rooting for in those fights. Um, obviously, Daniel Cormier shocked the world when he defeated Stephen Miocic because Stephen Miocic at the time, before he was defeated by Daniel Cormier, he was the longest reigning heavyweight champion of the UFC. But when he was defeated by Daniel Cormier, 
Some skeptics came out saying that, oh, it was a fluke and Daniel Cormier just threw that random shot towards uh, Stephen Miocic and he was just caught off guard and he the fight shouldn't have really gone that way and that in reality, Stephen Miocic has more power and skill at the heavyweight level when uh, you're comparing his style and skills to uh, those of Daniel Cormier's. And that's what a lot of skeptics were saying. But I guess... Everything will be settled this upcoming Saturday when we get to see these two guys battle it out once again in this rematch. Now, this is going to be really interesting because, like I said, uh, both guys are almost at a disadvantage. Both of them equally because the ring rust is real. We have two guys who haven't fought in about in more than a year, actually. And they're supposed to be fighting off against each other in such an important fight. Well, obviously, they should have made some readjustments and they should have worked on a lot of things to make themselves prepared for this return for both of them. So I hope they have both um, sparred enough um, outside the outside the octagon, have trained enough and have worked on their um, stamina as well. I know I just, when I was talking about Anthony Joshua, I said we shouldn't really have a lot of cardio or whatever. I know what I was saying, and I still stick uh, stick to that, uh, stick to what I was saying. But in this particular bout, because it is going to be 25 minutes, it's going to be for five five-minute rounds. So in case we don't get a finish, you still need to be trained in a way that you're able to sustain your energy for uh, 25 minutes of strength grappling and just full-on extreme activity in this heavyweight fight and I hope both guys are ready for this it will make sense if you if we say that Daniel Cormier uh, wins this fight through utilization of his wrestling skills because he is an Olympic wrestler and wrestling is his forte so if things do go south for Daniel Cormier he can always stick back to his wrestling roots he can always attempt those takedowns on Stephen Miocic although Stephen Miocic is not an easy guy to take down but uh, we've always seen Daniel Cormier be successful with his um, wrestling takedowns and, and, and like I said if things do go south and Daniel Cormier does get caught with a few shots from Stephen Miocic. She can always rely on his wrestling and um, can th- uh, take down Stephen Miocic and try to take the fight to the ground and um, just um, try to dominate in that way. But for Stephen Miocic, I would say he needs to do the exact opposite because we know that Stephen Miocic, as a heavyweight, um, he has more advantages over Daniel Cormier because Daniel Cormier, although he is a heavyweight through weight, but um, how do I say, stature-wise, he well, obviously he's not as tall as Stephen Miocic. So Stephen Miocic definitely has a height advantage over them, over him, and he needs to utilize that in this fight. And by that I mean he needs to maintain his range, fight with Daniel Cormier from the outside. Because first of all, there's two things. That will happen if he gets too close to the end Cormier. Number one, which is the obvious one, 
Denis Cormier can catch him with a lot of um, short shots that are definitely powerful in that short range if uh, Stephen Miocic doesn't uh, maintain his range with um, Denis Cormier. If he gets too close to him, that's definitely one thing that is going to happen. And also, if he closes the distance with Denis Cormier, another thing that can happen is that Denis Cormier can have a better chance of taking him down to the canvas. He can attempt his wrestling moves in a more effective way because he doesn't have to you know shoot shoot for a long distance when he wants to go for those double leg takedowns or what have you whatever he wants to attempt for those takedowns because his opponent is so close to him well he can he can actually do it in a more effective way so for those two reasons Stephen Miocic needs to stay away from Daniel Cormier and try to fight with him from a distance and when he fights with him from a distance it would be really important that he throws big shots with a lot of momentum from that long distance so that Danny Cormier, now he can't really get close to Stephen Miocic, but also he's still, uh, you know, absorbing a lot of shots from him. And because Stephen Miocic is um, driving the, the range in this case, even if Danny Cormier tries to throw counter punches, he can't really do it unless he really, really puts an effort and gets close to Stephen Miocic to, to make those counter shots be effective. But other than that, if Stephen Miocic really does take advantage of this height advantage that he has, then he'll be in, 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 in a better shape in this fight compared to Daniel Cormier. But having said all that... Still, we're not sure what's going to happen because you guys all know how the game is. The MMA math doesn't always work out and uh, it'll all come down to how uh, how the guys actually come into the octagon with what mentality and everything else that factors into every MMA fight. So unless we actually see the fight happen for real, we can really make legitimate predictions. But, you know, statistically and logically, that is what I think is going to happen in this fight and what would be beneficial for um, either one of these guys. So... Man, there goes your main event of UFC 241. And I really wish I could break down the Coleman as well because it was a fight between Nate Diaz and Anthony Pettis. But I'm just going to keep it uh, keep it there because unfortunately we're almost out of time. And uh, all I have to say is make sure you catch up with UFC 241. It is stacked with so many great fights. And I hope you guys get to catch up with all of you, all of those fights on the main card. Okay, so with that, unfortunately, that is all the time we're going to have for this week. Make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with our previous episodes. And until next time, it's your girl Jana right here. And this is TKO. Peace out.